Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's up champs how we doing tonight crazy crazy week one full of surprises twists and turns this is another fantasy football podcast of the pigskin champs it is your host justin and Derek. you can find us on twitter at pigskin underscore jay gonzo and pigskin underscore d rock Derek, how we doing tonight man after week one uh it's it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting day a very interesting day, man. <coughs> a lot of uh, unexpected things happen, and uh, just 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 a crazy slate of games. And uh, I'm ready to break it down and talk about it. Yeah, man, for sure. This is uh, it's not quite how week one. You know, the, you definitely had your guys that that exploded, but you you had some duds in there, man. It was it was some surprising duds too. Absolutely. All right, uh, you want to just jump right in? Yeah, man. All right, let's start off first with the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers winning 19-14. to 14. Uh, Sorry. <clears throat> uh, Zach Wilson, 20 for 37, 250 yards and two touchdowns. Justin, how do you feel about the Jets side? Any big takeaway from them on offense? Not really, man. Uh, for me, the the biggest takeaway was Corey Davis. Corey Davis looks good, man. Um, I think he's going to be a very viable option, and where you drafted him at in your draft was probably a very good value and is going to be a very good asset to your studs that are on your team and maybe be able to carry you through some bye weeks if you're if you're hurting. Um, he looked pretty good. It took him a while to get started. Uh, he didn't really come on till, till later. Uh, but I mean, the jets still look like the jets, uh, that running game don't really want any part of it. You know, Tevin Coleman led the rushing carry or the rushing attempts with nine only had 24 yards to, uh, only had 24, uh, yards to, to show for it. Uh, like I said, the only thing I'm going to take away is Corey Davis. Braxton Berrios had a decent game, and uh looks like Elijah Moore wasn't even a part of this game plan, which is kind of uh, disappointing because there was a lot of hype to that rookie coming out of camp, and especially with uh, James Ucrana being inactive this week, you thought that Elijah Moore would be able to step into that starter slot role. Looks like he wasn't. He was targeted four times only had one reception for negative three yards uh i uh looks like that guy is probably one to be cut if you're on redraft maybe hold tight if you're in dynasty but that's kind of my biggest takeaways from the jet side yeah i mean my just looking at the uh the the stats for the running backs tevin coleman nine carries ty johnson four carries michael carter four carries I mean, it's just an uninspiring rushing attack. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
Corey Davis, absolutely the biggest part of this offense right now. And, you know, five catches, 97 yards, and two touchdowns. Like, that's that's absolutely viable in fantasy league. So, other than that, I mean, Zach Wilson kind of looked like a rookie at times. Uh, mm-hmm. Played pretty well for his first, like, NFL regular season start. So, got to be encouraged. He did have the one pick, but he had two touchdowns and 258 yards. So, played pretty well. I just don't think they have enough off, uh, weapons on this offense to really produce anything more than just Corey Davis. So, Oh, Absolutely. All right, moving on to the Carolina Panthers, uh, the whole Sam Darnold revenge game narrative crap that people like to throw around. He actually played pretty good. Um, yeah. 279 yards and a touchdown. Uh, McCaffrey was doing McCaffrey things. 98 yards on the ground, no touchdowns. And then nine receptions, 89 yards through the air, was the leading receiver on this team. DJ Moore, six catches, 80 yards. Robbie Anderson with a with probably the highest yards per catch average of the of the season so you know in the league right now 50 one catch 57 yards and a touchdown that connection is still viable i believe i need the target tools yeah. to go up though yeah man um the i mean the for the carolina panthers like sam darnold he played average it wasn't anything spectacular he played good enough to win but it was against the jets um, so it's going to be very interesting, especially coming up here soon. Like they still had to play Tampa twice. They still have to play New Orleans twice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Sam Darnold reacts or adapts throughout the season. Um, it was an average game. I mean, he hasn't done much. This is kind of the starting point for him to see if he's actually going to be a decent quarterback or if this was, or, or if he's just a, a lost cause altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like seeing the eight targets for DJ Moore. That was nice. Uh, the Robbie Anderson one kind of scares me a little bit because Terrence Marshall, the rookie out of LSU, came in in week one and had six targets, man. Um, he had two more catches than Robbie Anderson. He did have less yardage, but the only reason that Robbie Anderson was – any type of relevant this week is because he had one catch for 57 yards and a TD. Like that was the only reason he was at any relevant. So I don't know, man, it's kind of, I, I don't know if Sam Darnold's that kind of guy that's going to be able to support multiple guys. Um, so it looks like his, you know, his friends right now are McCaffrey and DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. The Eagles winning 32-6. to Put a whooping on these boys. Yeah, very uh, – well, let's let's start with the Falcons side first. Let's talk about the negatives, get that out of the way, and then we'll go over to the Eagles. So Matt Ryan, 21-35, 164 yards, sacked three times, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty uninspiring performance. Is pro- That's probably an understatement, but uh, – the biggest takeaway for me is that Cordell Patterson was the leading rusher on this team. I mean, he yeah. had I mean, he had more yards. He had a better yards per carry. He had seven carries, 54 yards. And Mike Davis, 15 carries, 49 yards. You know, again, no touchdowns. What, uh, I mean, Calvin Ridley, 551. Uh, Kyle Pitts, four for 31. I mean, this there wasn't a whole lot of, offensive production on this team but it's kind of interesting to me that Coral Patterson was a leading he was the best runner on this team like you would think that Mike Davis you know would kind of be that guy but Coral Patterson 
is involved in the run game. So uh, what are your biggest takeaways, man? Uh, dude, for the Falcons, man, uh, very, very uninspiring. I actually uh, streamed Matt Ryan this week in our main league, Oof. and that was not pretty, dude. It, it was not pretty. This game was projected to kind of be a shootout, and, and we thought it was going to be a little bit high scoring, and apparently the Philadelphia Eagles are the only ones that got that memo. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons apparently didn't realize that week one was this week and uh, apparently played on short notice. I'm very uninspired by the play of Mike Davis. Uh, you know, this is kind of. Yeah, I'm watching that too, man. So, yeah, just, just for a little kind of, we're recording this in the middle of the uh, Sunday night football game between the Rams and the Chicago Bears. And the Rams, uh, Matt Stafford just hit this long bomb touchdown. Another one to Ooh, a wide nice. open Cooper Cup. Nice. So, but I mean, uh, I mean a- with Mike Davis, though, going back to that, it's just, I don't know, man, kind of uninspiring. He had a lot of hype coming out of that uh, Carolina system where they love to check down to their guys. And man, it's, uh, it was kind of rough to see that. And especially with Cordero Patterson coming in and, uh, you know, being more efficient on his carries, you know, it's going to be interesting because next week they got Tampa Bay, I'm pretty sure. And, I do not want to play Mike Davis against that Tampa Bay defense, man. Yeah, me neither. And, um, I mean, I kind of don't want to play. I wouldn't want to play Matt Ryan either. But, anyway, uh, that's that's for another another episode. But, uh, yeah, man, overall the Falcons just didn't look in sync. They didn't look good. Um, no, talking about Just real quick, what, do you, what were your thoughts on Kyle Pitts? Four catches, 31 yards, no touchdowns. Um, It, it took him a while to uh, get – get started i do like the eight targets that he had uh he he looks like a he looked like the rest of this team um it, it just wasn't anything special to look at even calvin ridley wasn't anything special um to see i i don't know man with with the the quarterback play if this continues i just think that all these guys are going to be very uninspiring and the hype on kyle pitts is got out of control if this is how the offense is going to run all season long. Yeah, I think it's definitely a different time for this offense. I mean, they were clicking early, but goodness, it was uh it was a brutal day for the They could not get into the end zone, man. They would get down within the five yard line and could not get there yeah. multiple times. It was crazy. Yep. All right, let's uh switch over to the Philadelphia Eagles side, a much more interesting side of the ball. Uh, Jalen Hurts, man, 27 of 35, four and three, had seven carries for 62 yards, played really well, played really, really well. I think he was an efficient, he, he was pretty efficient as a passer and was a very effective runner as well, making a lot of throws on the run, that nice touchdown pass. I've, yeah, and then moving over to the running, the, the, the rushing side, Miles Sanders, man, 15 attempts, 74 yards, didn't get into the end zone, but he also had five targets four catches 39 yards talk to you know i was a guy that did not like miles sanders i don't have him on any of my teams and he looked good he looked he looked pretty good so my biggest takeaway is miles sanders like he played really well and if this is what the offense is going to look like man maybe i missed on on, uh, miles sanders i don't overreact but goodness he looked good 
Yeah, um, he he looked good. I I still am off of him a little bit. Um, this is still the Atlanta Falcons who have one of the worst defenses last year, and uh, they still do with the Philadelphia Eagles, who were projected as one of the worst teams to start this year, uh, put up 32 points on you. Uh, I just think that the with the rushing ability of Hertz and the fact that they still gave Kenneth Gainwell a decent amount of touches, man. They gave him nine carries and he had three targets. He also got in the end zone. Um, I just think that I, I'm still off him. He's a good RB two, but I just don't see him having that RB one upside that he used to have that everybody was hoping that he would have, you know what I'm saying? So I, he he's playing decent. I just want to see if, this team is actually going to utilize Kenneth Gainwell more and see what happens coming down the road because he is a, a brand new rookie, man. So the fact that he got a decent workload this this week, I don't know if that had to do with the fact that they were up or what. Miles Sanders had a good game, but I'm still kind of just, you know, not, I'm not going to go all in. Yeah, no, and I agree with that too. I mean, it's just I was so off of him in the offseason that – any this game right here at least puts him back on my radar and i'm like like, i'm i agree i'm not going all in i'm just saying now i'm starting to think of him in a more positive light because before i was take notice a little bit right i was completely off so maybe if he continues this and shows a little bit of consistency maybe i I start to think about trying to trade for him but i'm not gonna do that right now i'm just gonna wait and see what happens uh i don't want to overpay and get you know get into that situation so yeah. Um, the My biggest takeaway from this game, though, is uh, Devonta Smith, man. Yes, that, I was just it, about to say it, that, too. That is that is Jalen Hurts' dude. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely, man. They And, uh, and Rager, Rager produced a nice, little nice game, man. He had six targets I mean, as well, he was, caught all six of his balls. Yeah, he was right behind him in targets. Uh, Devonta Smith only had two more targets than him. Uh, you know, Dallas Goddard led the tight ends in targets, five to two. So, I mean, it's kind of... I mean, uh, there was a big reason why I was off of Goddard. You know, he was going as a tight end seven in drafts. And, you know, Ertz and Goddard together, there's you're just not going to get a, a viable guy out of this offense. So Yeah, for um, sure. But it was cool to see Kenneth Gainwell get some work and uh, Quez Watkins too. I mean, we talked about uh, Quez Watkins on the uh, waiver wire show, the Sunday siege that we did. And um, it was cool to see him get some work. Uh, I think the first three completions for Jalen Hurts were to Quez Watkins, so they wanted to get him the ball early and often. It kind of fell off, obviously, because they started getting other guys involved, but it's encouraging. At least maybe start maybe a, a guy that we're thinking about stashing later on. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the biggest takeaway from that game. It was just a, a total beatdown by the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Falcons just didn't look like they belonged on the same field. Yes, absolutely. All right, so the next game we're going to jump into, we're going to go San Francisco 41, Detroit Lions 33. First off, at one point, the 49ers were up 38 to 10. Like, let that sink in for a second. The Detroit Lions, who everyone was like, oh, this this seems to be competing for the number one overall pick. Jared Goff is terrible. I mean, he's still terrible, but, you know, the whole narrative was this is going to be a game where San Francisco runs away with it. And they did early, but 
man, Detroit did not stop. They did not give up on this game. Jared Goff, 30, all right, Jared Goff, 38 for 57. That's another thing, too. 57 pass attempts. 57 pass attempts is insane. Yeah. 338 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. He was sacked three times. Running backs, I mean, the the, the best back from a yards per carry standpoint was Jamal Williams, nine rushes, 54 yards, and he did have that touchdown. He also had nine targets and eight receptions. So everyone thinking that DeAndre Swift was going to be the guy in this backfield. I mean, Jamal Williams is not a slouch, and he is here to stay. And, uh, you know, Swift had 11 carries for 39 yards, so it wasn't as efficient with his touches, about half the yards per carry that Jamal Williams had. And had uh, produced in the receiving game as well, which I thought was kind of encouraging. Like Goff, you know, we talk about him not having, you know, very many receivers. His top he still doesn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. He still doesn't. He has a tight end and two running backs. That's very true. Yeah, if you look at the box score, holy crap, I just. Yeah, dude, yeah, he no, literally, was, his tough, receiving game literally consisted of TJ Hawkinson with 10 targets, DeAndre Swift with 11, and Jamal Williams with nine. Like, that was your three leading guys yeah. in targets. Yeah. You know, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams produced top five numbers this week at the running back position, and it solely produced on the amount of targets they had. They had uh, as many targets as they did as as they did carries, respectively. DeAndre Swift had 11 carries and 11 targets. Jamal Williams had nine carries and nine targets. These guys are going to be utilized at the same pace at the same time. They have nobody else on this team, um, and I don't know where the heck – uh, Jared Goff passed 57 times. Like, that's nuts to me because he literally passed the three people. Yeah. I mean, you got seven targets for Quintez Cephas and we had three catches. So, I mean, some of them are like, you can kind of see those targets, but like, man, everything is just funneled through the running backs and the tight end, which is, mm-hmm. which is pretty, uh, insane when you think about it that, you know, their leading wide receiver was Khalif Raymond. Who had three catches on four yep. on four targets. So that's crazy. I mean, you see like the Bucks like throw their receivers the most. Or like the Dallas Cowboys target their receivers the most. And you've got the Lions over here throwing to the running backs every single play. So it's just kind of cool to see that. But uh uh Jamal Williams might be a guy we're talking about on the waiver wire show this week. So all right, moving over to the 49ers. Uh first play of this game for them was a fumble. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that people, like, especially 49er fans, were like, man, we should really get Trey Lance in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 17 to 25, 314 yards and a touchdown. He was sacked once, did have that fumble. Uh, Trey Lance, one pass, first pass of his regular season career, five yards and a touchdown. It was a good route by the receiver. Uh, not a really special throw by Lance by any stretch, but you know he did get in there. Not really sure why they kept throwing him in there, but uh, I mean he only had three carries and one pass attempt, so not really sure why these coaches are getting these rookies in for like very limited snaps. That you really, it's really hard to build off of that stuff. But over to the the rushing side of it, biggest news that broke this morning was here we go again. 
Trey same well, story. Well, Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch, and then Raheem Mostert gets hurt two carries into the game. Oh my god, dude! So Elijah Mitchell, Mitchell, nineteen carries, one hundred and four yards, and a touchdown. And then your next, then you have Mostert with two carries. Hasty had a carry. Garoppolo had three, and Lance had three. But Elijah Mitchell got everything. Yeah, he got it all, man. And he looked good. He averaged five and a half yards per carry, a 38-yard longest rush. And, I mean, he didn't get any uh, passing down work, but, I mean, that's kind of to be expected, you know. And when anybody thinks San Francisco running backs, they're not thinking high target totals, but a very efficient rushing offense. And you can see they can throw pretty much anybody in there, and it's really good for fantasy. So Yeah, for sure. If Mostert's going to be out for a while, Trey Sermon could be – as long as the healthy scratch is just that, a healthy scratch, I'm not really sure what that's all about. I have to dig a little bit more into it. But if he's available next week, he could be the Eliza Mitchell of this week. You know, he could he could have that kind of yeah. sideline. So I'm, For sure. I'm pretty encouraged about that. So a receiving side, uh, I know we're gonna talk about I mean, just just Debo Samuel, nine catches, 189 yards and a touchdown. Had that what, seven, 75 yard touchdown. That dude is he's a he's a beast, man. He almost gave the game away too at the end. You know, with that with that fumble. He had the first down that would have sealed the game, but the ball was punched out. And that's when the Lions had that chance to go down the field and score. But man, besides that, Debo Samuel just absolutely crushed it. Absolutely crushed it. So uh George Kittle, four catches, 78 yards, no touchdowns. Sherfield had two receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. He had the, the touchdown that uh, Trey Lance threw. And then nothing really of note outside of that. But uh, talk to me about your biggest takeaway from the 49ers, man. Like, what surprised you the most? Uh, what shot? So the biggest thing that surprised me was before the game with the, the Trey Sermon news. But during the game, man, the biggest thing to me is the complete absence of Brandon Ayuk. In this game, yeah, what the, the heck was that? 49ers all about? passed the ball 25 times, scored 41 points, and didn't have a single target to Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I that was a huge, huge takeaway for me. I don't know if that was a game plan or no. I did, de- I did read I, something, I, I read something that about, um. Shanahan saying that there was a it was a combination of him missing practice and a bunch of it and probably he probably just wasn't in game shape he probably wasn't ready to go and I wish I would have thought about or known about that beforehand that maybe he wasn't going to be on the field as much or getting any targets like he wasn't a part of the game plan at all so yeah for sure um but this is a mental note that I'm going to make about Kyle Shanahan if a guy's missed a ton of practice, he's not going to be like, don't expect him. If he's available when he's available, finally, I'm not playing that player at all. Yeah. Like, this should be, a, this should be a rule of fantasy football. If you don't, if you manage a Kyle Shanahan player and he misses any sort of practice and he's active for game day, you cannot, cannot, cannot start that player. Yep. So, all right. All right, moving on. We're going to jump into the next game. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers winning 23-16 to over the Buffalo Bills. Um, you know, 
We'll start with the Pittsburgh side. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 18 to 32, 188 and a touchdown. That's pretty uninspiring. Uh, Najee Harris, 16 carries, 45 yards, three targets, one catch for four yards. Claypool had a rush. Roethlisberger had four carries for five yards. Uh, the leading receiver kind of shocks me a little bit. That's kind of my takeaway. Juju Smith-Schuster had four catches, 52 yards. Uh, Deontay Johnson had five receptions, but only 36 yards and a touchdown. That touchdown kind of helped me in my in my personal league. But, uh, man, what a tough game on both sides of the ball. Because if you move over and look at the Josh Allen side, the Buffalo Bills side, I mean, it wasn't much better over here. Uh, you know, 270 yards and a touchdown. Sing- Devin Singletary had 11 carries for 72 yards, which is that's actually a really good stat line for Singletary. I didn't expect that because I didn't really think that the Bills would run this much, especially against this defense. So what's your biggest takeaway, Justin? Buffalo Bills side, Pittsburgh side, whichever side you want to talk about. Um, uh, I'll start with Pittsburgh. Uh, the... My biggest takeaway is actually with this whole game in general, how slow it was um, because it, it started out fast, man. It started out with the opening kickoff. I, uh, Isaiah McKenzie uh, taking it almost to the house, man. I thought this game was going to be poised for something really special. Um, but with, you know, it's the same, same kind of news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to throw it. Uh, Deontay Johnson had 10 targets. Juju had eight. Claypool only had five. Uh, so that's going to be something to maybe that he might be, you know, like Big Ben might like Johnson and, and Schuster just a little bit more than Claypool. Um, let, let's see if that continues to be, but I definitely think Deontay Johnson's going to be that number one guy. Uh, tight ends are, are non existent in this. Uh, in this uh, offense, and uh, you know Najee's the guy. You know not, Najee's definitely the guy. He mm-hmm. he got all the running back work. He only got 16 carries. He only got 45 yards. It wasn't a great game by any means, but I think as a play, you know, easier teams and 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 maybe get up on the scoreboard a little bit and and got to run the ball. Maybe that Najee's going to get a little bit more work, but. You would, you know, you kind of wanted to see, you know, Najee take off a little bit, but I think we might have to wait a week or two. It's still a rookie, um, but I think great things are still going to come about it. On the Buffalo side, man, uh, it, the same thing, man. Same thing as Pittsburgh. It's it's same news, different day. It just they weren't as explosive as they were last year. Like Josh Allen still play, passed the ball fifty one times. You know, Stephon Diggs got his fourteen targets. Cole Beasley, or Beasley. Is is the one who shocked me. He got 13 targets, um, and then Emmanuel Sanders had eight. So you got your you got your three guys that are heavily targeted, and then you got a couple more that are, you know, sprinkled in there. Zach Moss was a was a healthy scratch, or, or maybe not a healthy scratch, but he was a last minute inactive before this game. And you know, Devin Singletary seemed to get most of the work, but most of that work was 11 carries. So it's very uninspiring uh, as well. You already know what you're going to get, especially when Zach Moss comes back. You're, you're, there's no utilization in that backfield. So and I think it's same news, different day. Um, you know your guys that he's going to heavily target. Yeah. Yeah, man. That pretty much wraps up for me too. I agree. Uh, 
Very weird game. Very, Ooh, very low score. Breaking news. Yeah. David Montgomery heads to the locker room. Yeah, we'll have to see how that one shakes out. Uh, that's tough. That's tough, man. Yeah. All right, moving on. Road. Let's go with – let's kind of speed up a little bit. I got the L.A. Chargers winning 20-16 to 16 over the Washington football team. Uh, you know, the Chargers getting the W here. Chargers getting the W here. Uh, I definitely picked the – I think I picked the uh, football team to get come out with this one. But anytime you lose your starting quarterback to a hip injury – uh, yeah, that's not going to be good for your for your whole team. So Eckler did play, get 15, he got 15 carries. Uh, that was good. Uh, didn't get any work in the receiving game, but probably just wanted to limit his t- his overall touches. Uh, yeah, man, Larry Roundtree, second leading rusher. He was a guy we talked about on yesterday's uh, Sunday Siege episode. So got to get another listen to that episode, man. I mean, we're, I mean, Justin hit on some guys too. And uh, yeah, Justin Fields just ran in a touchdown. Damn. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chargers played kind of like the Chargers always play, you know. And then the fo- football team, uh, 20 carries for Antonio Gibson, really my biggest takeaway there. Nothing really inspiring in the receiving game. So uh, what, what were your thoughts about this game? Was Ty Bell on this one? Yeah, uh, uh, same thing as you, man. Uh, that was a good call on the Larry Roundtree. kind of looks like he's the second man up. Uh, they – kind of been there, done that with the Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly experiment. They did that last year. So it looks like uh, the guy they drafted this year, Larry Rountree, is is the guy behind Austin Eckler and the guy who's going to get, you know, that work if something were to happen to Austin Eckler. And, uh, you know, I I know I brought up uh, Donald Parham uh, on yesterday's show. And it looks like Jared Cook's that guy, man. He got – you know, he got eight targets, five catches, 56 yards. So uh, if you're in a pinch, you know, Jared Cook looks like he's still getting some targets out there and still some viable options. Getting in a PPR league, you would have gotten 10 points from Jared Cook. Can't ask for much more from a streaming tight end, especially a deep one like that. So uh, my biggest takeaway with the Washington Red, uh well, I almost said Redskins, the Washington football team, uh, is Antonio Gibson getting the 20 carries, man? He's getting the majority of that work. They're going to utilize him. They like him. And uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick going down, I think that they're going to utilize Antonio Gibson a little bit more. And I I think he's going to get a couple more targets here as well. He got five targets this week. I think uh, Taylor Heineke is probably going to maybe lean on Antonio Gibson, check it down to him a little bit more. So Antonio uh, Gibson's very high, very high on – like, I'm very high on him right now. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Next game we're talking about Seattle Seahawks 28 to 16 over the Indianapolis Colts. Russell Wilson uh, had a day, man. 254 yards, four touchdowns, had five carries, nine yards. Uh, Chris Carson, 16 carries, 91 yards. Didn't have a touchdown on the ground. Uh, man, I mean, this was a, this was a Tyler Lockett and, Russell Wilson day, man. Tyler Lockett, four catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. Metcalf did turn in a score as well. So did Gerald Everett. I mean, Russell Wilson was uh, Chef Wilson today. So yeah, it's good to see. Very good yeah, to see. He, uh, they paid the gas bill, and he was able to cook today. Yep, fired that stove uh, right up. I, man. Yeah, man. Fired it up. I, I liked it. Chris Carson got the majority of that work, 16 carries. Nobody else really you know, did much more. 
behind him. Uh, Tyler Lockett, man, I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is kind of a, um, we need is, consistency. Is from a Tyler consistent Lockett. thing. I don't want this to be the same back and forth like it was last week. If he can keep this consistently up, man, Tyler Lockett's gonna have one very nice season. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving over to the Indianapolis Colts side, Carson Wentz. I mean, he looks solid. I mean, he 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 played decent. Two, he two fifty one spectacular. And, yeah, two fifty one and two. He was sacked three times, had four carries, twenty three yards. So he was able to move around a little bit. I did see him get sandwiched on one play. It didn't look too good. I was kind of hoping. I was like, man, please just get up, just get up, please. Yeah. Uh, kind of scary there. Jonathan Taylor, seventeen carries, fifty six yards, no touchdowns. Naeem Hines, man, nine catches, or sorry, nine rushes, 34 yards. He did have eight targets, uh, six catches, 48 yards. Uh, I guess I'll throw in that Jonathan Taylor had six receptions for 60 yards as well. So, yeah, Naeem Hines is involved, but Jonathan Taylor is getting the same amount of receiving work. Uh, We'll see if that continues because there were games last year where Naeem Hines did dominate the both rushing and receiving lines. So uh, the leading receivers of this team were the running backs as well. So, um, kind of interesting there. You know, a lot of people were high on Michael Pittman. I was high on Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, one catch, 24 yards. Just not going to get enough targets, man. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Michael Pittman, three catches. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, nobody yeah, had man. nobody had more than, besides the running backs, nobody had more than five targets. And that was Zach. Yeah, um, it, it's looking like Carson Wentz got a little bit of Phillip Rivers in him. Uh, coming over to Indianapolis Colts. That's fine. Uh, I'll take that for fantasy, man, because I know no, I can start I, the running I backs. will, but it, it's, it looks like the viable options here in the Indianapolis um, Indianapolis, Indianapolis offense are going to be those two running backs, mm-hmm. Naeem Hines and Jonathan Taylor. Now I will give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, Carson Wentz missed a bunch of time. Uh, so, you know, let, let's see, he didn't have a, a full training camp with his new team and stuff like that. So maybe it might take a minute or two for this offense to click. And he just kind of leaned on those running backs in the passing game today. And as he gets a little bit more comfortable, he'll be able to, um, he'll be able to, you know, maybe spread the ball out a little bit more like Zach Pascal got involved with two TDs today. So, um, I still do like Michael Pittman, but I think Michael Pittman might be more of a stash uh, than just, you know, going in and firing them up. Absolutely. All right, next game we got, we got the Cincinnati Bengals winning 27-24 to over the Minnesota Vikings. I had the Vikings picked outright in this game and kind of shocked that their defense didn't show up again. And they spent a lot of money on defense and free agency, and it didn't seem to pay off. So... I mean, looking at the stat lines, Kirk Cousins, 351-2. and two. I mean, he played pretty good. Uh, only had 13 incompletions on 49 attempts, which is pretty awesome. Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 61 yards. He's the lead rusher by far. I mean, only two other players got carries, and they got one apiece. One apiece. Dalvin Cook did turn in a touchdown and had six catches for 43 yards uh, through the air, so... It's pretty good to see. Uh, Adam Thielen was your leading receiver. Nine catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Justin Jefferson, five catches, 71 yards, no touchdowns. He looked good as well. Uh, I might be eating my words on Justin Jefferson. But uh, my biggest takeaway on this one is, uh, on both sides of this ball, is that uh, Adam Thielen is still that guy. And I don't want anybody to tell me 
that he's not that guy. The dude turned in two touchdowns in this game, had uh, 10 targets. I mean, I know Jefferson was right behind him with nine, but Adam Thielen is still that guy. And, yeah, he's going to have a big year, I think. Yeah, man, he's... uh... He started out the gate strong, uh, 10 targets, 9 catches, 92 yards, and 2 TDs. That's solid, man. Uh, you, you called it earlier this year that Adam Thielen might have a better fantasy season than Justin Jefferson. And So far, you know, so if good. He, if he continues like this and, and Kirk Cousins becomes you know best friends with Adam Thielen, then uh, watch out because Adam Thielen could have a, a wide receiver one finish this year, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh Cooper Cup just turned in his second touchdown, man. Oof. Man, nice. I really wish I could have some Cooper Cup right now. Yeah. Um, this Bears defense is getting shredded apart by Matthew Stafford. All right. Uh, that's my biggest takeaway from this game. <laughs> so, okay. Um, let's move on. The Houston Texans uh, blow, uh, beating the bricks. Oh, off of wait. The- real quick. Real quick. I want to talk about the Bengals. Um, so, the Bengals, for me, the the one of the biggest takeaways was Jamar Chase. Because Jamar Chase came out and flat out said that he was struggling to catch an NFL ball and that it was difficult for him because there was no stripes and it's bigger and all this stuff. Well, Joe Burrow seemed to click a little bit with him. You got five catches, 101 yards, and a TD. So that should be something to kind of take away from is, you know, maybe maybe that Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase connection is actually a real thing and and he's going to be viable this year for – for their fantasy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe Burrow is not going to not target uh, Jamar Chase. That's, yeah. his, that's his guy. You know, they went to college together. They won a national title together. Like, that's his guy. So, like, you're going to be at least be confident in the fact that Jamar Chase will get targets. For sure. So, um, yeah, I agree with that one. All right, so let's officially move into the game of the week. The Houston Texans, <laughs> uh, 37, 20, uh, 37 to 21 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I did pick the Houston Texans to win this game. I didn't. I'm not confident in, tra- in uh, this Jaguars team at all, and uh, it definitely showed. I mean, Lawrence did turn in a, 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 a decent enough day. He did have three picks, so um, but he had 332 yards and three touchdowns. So if he can just clean up some of the mistakes, he could be pretty good. Uh, Jane, Carlos Hyde leading the, the way with nine carries, 44 yards. Uh, James Robinson not not getting that volume he got last year. That's for damn sure. Five attempts, twenty five yards, and you go, you go to the receiving side, and you had some pretty solid performances out of the top three guys. Man, you had DJ Chark with eighty six yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones seventy seven yards and a touchdown. Chenault had seven catches, fifty yards. Didn't get a touchdown, but he did have a rushing attempt. So, uh, you know, pretty. It's an okay day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. There'll probably be better days ahead. But uh, you're looking at the other side, the uh, Texans quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, 291 yards and two touchdowns. Mark Ingram with 26 carries. What are we doing? 26 What is going carries. on? Hey, man, he had 85, I mean, 85 yards and a what touchdown. in the world are we? Th- They're oh, winning the dude. game. They won the game. I mean... They scored 37 points, and Mark Ingram had 26 carries. Yeah. Nobody saw this coming. Bro. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks did, uh, you know, held up his side of it. Uh, five catches, 132 yards. A viable option there. Nobody else in this offense I'm really targeting. 
Um, I'm definitely not no, targeting the running not. backs because I feel like this could be a like one week it could be Mel, you know, Mark Ingram. The next week it could be Philip Lindsay. The next week it'll be David Johnson. So I don't know. I don't know what to do with this team except avoid it and target it with defenses, defensive or uh, target it with my streamers going against the Houston defense and then using defenses that play against the Texans offense. But because they're not going to score this many points against everybody, this offense is not that good. Yeah, no. They played the Jaguars. I think I think Jacksonville was that bad. Yes, absolutely. If the Jaguars <laughs> can't beat a, the Houston Texans, who the Houston Texans will literally they like they they should be trying to get a top 5 pick. But yeah, I don't know. So, um I don't have much more on this game. I don't know if you do. I mean, there's really not a whole lot to talk about. There's really not a whole lot of fantasy viable options on this in the team except for maybe some of the Jaguars receivers, but I mean, come on. Are we really like banking on these guys? These are nothing more than really flex options to me. Yeah, they're uh, they're definitely flex options. The biggest thing that I kind of want to take away here is um, the fact that uh, James Robinson only had five carries. Carlos Hyde actually outcarried James Robinson uh, in that run game. Uh, so that's something to take note of. And also, DJ Chark had 12 targets, but only was able to bring in three balls. So I, I that's, I mean, something to kind of keep an eye on. If, you know, DJ Chark and, and Trevor Lawrence start connecting, mm-hmm. that could be something very viable. But, yes, they're nothing more than flex options for me. Yeah. All right. Next game we got the Arizona Cardinals, 38, Tennessee Titans, 13. Total beatdown, man. The Cardinals were absolutely on fire. Uh, Kyler Murray, 289 yards and four touchdowns. Five carries, 21 yards, and another touchdown. Uh, You know, running backs' carries are pretty much split. I mean, Edmonds had 12 carries, 63 yards. James Conner, 15 carries. Sorry, 16 carries, 53 yards. Neither one of them scored on the ground. Kyler Murray was the only guy that scored on the ground. I mean... Look, the receivers, D-Hop, Christian Kirk, those are the guys. Um, D-Hop is just an absolute beast. There's there's really no way, other way to say it. A.J. Green's a non-factor. Chase Edmonds had four catches for 43 yards, which is decent PPR value. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it's really D-Hop and, and uh, Kyler Murray, man, that I'm really interested in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, looks like Chase Edmonds and James Conner are, are splitting splitting time back there. So, yeah, and, and, and to, you know, I did a little start sit thread uh, before the Sunday games kicked off today, and I got a lot of questions about Chase Edmonds, James Conner, and every time somebody asked me about that, my my answer was, I'm not starting these guys till I know more information. Mm-hmm. That opinion has not changed. There, it's a split backfield. I have no idea if this is going to be a thing all year long. So. I can't continue to tell. I can't tell anybody to start these guys because I don't know which one is going to do what. You know. Yep. Like next week, it could be a uh, it could be a James Conner week where he gets two touchdowns. You know, but I I don't know when that's going to happen. So it's kind of tough for me to really put push my chips in on that. So all right, the Tennessee Titans side, uh, Tannehill. Let's just uh, he played bad, man. I I mean the stat line is not terrible: two hundred twelve yards, one touchdown, one interception, but. He had two fumbles, an interception, 
it just didn't look good from start to finish. Derrick Henry at one point had less than 10 yards rushing, and it was like probably deep into the first half. Like 17 carries, 58 yards, no touchdowns, couldn't get Derrick Henry going. No other notable rusher besides Derrick Henry, and they just couldn't get him going. And, I mean, A.J. Brown had a pretty quiet day. He did have that nice touchdown grab. They targeted Julio Jones, but, I mean, nothing really came out of it. I mean, three catches, 29 yards, that's not going to help you in fantasy football. So it's just a bad day at the office, I think, for the Tennessee Titans. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about... Let's go with your Miami Dolphins getting a – I'm just going to go ahead and say it's an upset win. I think that uh, New England was favored. If I'm yeah, not New England definitely was favored. By, uh, I think the line at the start of the game was three and a half. Yeah. So the Miami Dolphins winning 17-16, to 16, a very closely contested game. Uh, I, I was watching most of it. And, I mean, I know you're going to talk about Tua and the struggles, but that – I mean – the Dolphins found a way to win this game. Like, yeah, they were we struggling on offense. They, you know, it was tough at times to move the ball, but there were some throws that I saw Tua make that kind of impressed me, but he also had some struggles and inconsistencies. And you can tell that they are lacking a real true between the tackles runner. Like Miles Gaskin is is okay. But he's the, he's a guy that's going to pretty much bounce a lot of stuff outside. And Malcolm Brown's not that guy, man. Um, I mean, Jalen Waddle had a good game. Uh, the only receiver to score a touchdown. Uh, Demonte Parker, I think just out of necessity, I think Will Fuller comes in next week and maybe helps provide more of a spark to this offense. Maybe it opens things up a little bit more because they could use more speed on that team. And Devontae Parker's not that guy. So... Um, yeah, I guess the biggest takeaway for me is where the heck was Gasicki at? Did I just miss? Was he inactive or? No, he was. He was there. Um, like he, I didn't see him. I didn't see him play. He didn't have any no, targets. He, he was on the field. Uh, I I don't. I was always one that was kind of off Gasicki. Expect just the addition of all these guys, uh, especially when Will Fuller comes back. Gasicki, I don't think is going to be any type of viable this year. Um, I, I do like, I was kind of surprised. I think you're right with the Devonte Parker, um, stat line. I think that Will Fuller takes a little bit of that away. Uh, looks like Jalen Waddle is that guy for Tua. It's just, man, you're gonna, it's going to be rough because I think the, the Miami Dolphins offense in general is not an explosive one. They're more of a game management type of offense. You know, you only had two of passing 27 times, completing 16 passes, and they only ran the ball 23 times. So we're not running a ton of plays. And I think that's the biggest issue with the Miami Dolphins is we're going to have a nice drive here and there, Mm -hmm. and that's when we score. And then every other time we're getting shut out and we got a punt. That's the biggest issue with the Miami Dolphins offense. So if we're looking for PPR guys, stuff like that, Jalen Waddle is a is a guy. I'm kind of interested to see what how Will Fuller fits in this offense next week. If if he does provide, you know, a, a another level to help us move the ball more consistently. And then Miles Gaskin is just a guy that's a solid RB two. He's going to get you a couple 
couple yards on the ground, going to get you a couple catches. Um, and and if he scores, he, he's going to give you a nice day. So, Yeah. All right, moving over to the New England side. Mac Jones, I think, played pretty well. I mean, he's uh, you know, 281 yards and a touchdown. Was only sacked once. Doesn't run the ball. So, and then Damian Harris, 23 carries, 100 yards. Didn't have a touchdown, but uh, did have a fumble that kind of uh, kind of cost him the game a little bit towards the end, right? Like, did yep, Damian to Harris fumble, and then you guys took over and ran out the clock. So. Yep. Kind of sucks to see that. James White, uh, second leading receiver on this team, six catches, 49 yards, didn't score, also turned in four carries for 12 yards. So James White's definitely a guy that you could probably flex uh, week to week just on his receiving workload alone. And if he gets that surprise four or five carries and maybe turns that into 20 to 30 yards, you know, you could be talking about a guy who's a, you know, maybe an RB three week to week. And I think that that's absolutely yep. viable in fantasy league, especially with the state of the running back position, man. So um, any takeaways from the new England side? I mean, the receivers were, were okay, but I mean, they're only going to go as far as Mac Jones takes them this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mac, Mac Jones looked good. He, uh, he looked like he was in control of the ball. He wasn't making any dumb decisions. Um, and Damien Harris, Damien Harris looked real good. And uh, I, I like the, uh, yeah, he looked he looked really really good. Uh, PPR wise, I think Jacoby Myers is gonna be your guy. James White, I brought him up on yesterday's episode as well. Uh, and then John Smith, man, I think John Smith is. You, you could see he was brought in for a reason and mm-hmm. get given that money. He had uh, five targets. All five targets were caught for 42 yards. If he gets in the end zone, you're really happy when, that you started him. It's just the fact that if they're going to get in the end zone or not. Yeah, exactly. You're going to need Mac Jones to be a <coughs> an efficient passer. So, yep. All right. Uh, I think that about wraps up with that game. Let's move on to the Denver Broncos 27, New York Giants 13. Bridgewater. I mean, <laughs> Teddy Teddy Two Gloves look pretty good. All right. I'm just going to yes, throw sir. it out there, man. 264 and two. He was sacked twice. He had three carries for 19 yards. Distributed the ball well. I think, you know, he found, you know, Jerry Judy, who's now hurt, is going to miss, I think, the early timetable is six to eight weeks. Yep. Uh, but he got him the ball six times for 72 yards. Jerry Judy looked really good. No fan. Six catches, 62 yards. It seems like Cortland Sutton is still maybe not 100%, man. One catch for 14 yards. Melvin Gordon yeah. had himself a day. I mean, he had, uh, 11 carries for 100 yards. He had that big, that big run. Uh, was it 75 yard touchdown? Yeah, and it was then, a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah, three catches, 17 yards. Uh, looked pretty good, man. I mean, KJ Hamler provided some stuff, provided some, uh, you know, looks like seven PPR points or close to it. So, um, yeah, I mean, Tim Patrick stole a touchdown. So, you know, this offense is, uh, I think it's going to be good, man. I think you can get some value some cheap value um, streamers out of this offense week to week. Uh, Tim Patrick might be a thing where you can put him in, especially if uh, Corlin Sutton's not going to be good to go. So uh, Yeah, especially with the absence of Jared Judy. Yeah. And uh, if Corlin Sutton really isn't feeling 100% uh, still, then, yeah, Tim Patrick could be viable, man. He was viable last year as a solid flex play week in and week out. Yeah. And uh, no, the biggest takeaway for me is is uh, Noah Fant. That was uh, that that I mean, 
Yeah, I see, definitely didn't see no fan coming. Like I, I, I was off yeah. him a lot, and I didn't think that he would be able to sustain a consistent. I mean, obviously, you can't really get consistency off of one week, but I mean, I guess with the with Sutton being down, maybe he was just necessary. We'll see if maybe if yeah. this stays the same with Sutton r- ramping up his, you know, his snaps and his 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 targets in the offense. You know, we'll see how it goes, but so far so good for Noah Fant, man. He could be a guy that we talk about later in the season as a streaming option at the tight end position. For sure. All right, moving on to the uh, New York Giants side. Daniel Jones, 267-1, and one, six carries, 27 yards. He did have a rushing touchdown. He was a leading carrier, lead, or the most efficient, uh, not by much, but the, the most efficient rusher, uh, one yard more than Saquon Barkley, who had 10 carries himself. Uh Booker had four carries, seven yards. He did have a nice, a nice one-handed reception. I did see, um, but not a guy I'm looking at in fantasy. Uh, Sterling Shepard, a uh, pretty big day, seven catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Darius Slayton, three catches, 65 yards, no touchdowns, and Kenny Galladay, four catches, 64 yards. Nothing else of note after that. Saquon Barkley, one catch, one yard. So, uh, yeah, man, the offense. It is what it is. And that's just kind of the way I see it, man. It is what it is. I'm not really sure if Saquon Barkley is going to have a great year because of the way this offense is constructed, the talent around it, the, off- the offensive line struggles, Daniel Jones struggles. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just not I'm not ready to suggest that anybody play any of these guys. Yeah, man. Um, it. It's rough, and unfortunately, you're going to have to play Saquon Barkley unless you somehow got other options, but the draft costs that you know he that he cost you, you're going to have to play him, but it's, it's definitely a very bland uh, play, and I mean, the only guy that it kind of seems that you want is, is Sterling Shepard right now, man. He's He's consistently been year in, year out, even though with the bad Daniel Jones play, he's been a very solid flex play for people or wide receiver three for people. Um, and I mean, he'll get you your points. You know, it, 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 it seems like it doesn't matter how the offense is rolling, that Sterling Shepard still somehow in PPR aspects will get you some usage. Yeah. All right, we got two more games left. Let's talk about the Packers laying an egg against the New Orleans Saints. 38-3 to was the final score. I mean, let's just talk about the Packers real quick, man. A absolute dud, absolute dumpster fire. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 133 yards and two picks, sacked once. Jordan Love was in the game at the end. I believe with 10 and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, that's when Jordan Love entered the game. Aaron Rodgers was on the bench. Aaron Jones did not have a good day running the ball. Uh, Aaron uh, AJ Dillon was the was the most effective rusher, but it just seemed like it just seemed like the Packers. I don't know if they were just not on the field as much. I feel like New Orleans had the ball for a long time. I mean, only twenty eight uh, pass attempts. Or sorry, let's go thirty five pass attempts with uh, Jordan Love's mixed in there, and fifteen. So less than 50 plays or right around yeah. 50 plays. Like that's really not a lot. I mean, 
this offense, I mean, last year they were they were kind of like this too. They had the slowest pace of play and all that stuff. They had a, a low number of total plays uh, ran, so it's probably more of the same. But if you're inefficient and you're not running a lot of plays, you're not ha- don't have a lot of po- uh, opportunities to score. So, man, something's wrong with this offense. Man, Devontae Adams was the lone bright spot, and he only had five catches, fifty six yards. So yeah, that's not even a bright spot, man. Yeah, uh, this is this is interesting. It's a, uh, it's a bruised kinda- fruit. Yeah, let's see if uh, the Packers can kind of bounce back next week. Um, I'm not going to put too much into it. I'm still going to play my guys. You're still going to play, you know, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. You're still going to play your guys because, you know, you, you, you kind of have to. You, you don't expect this from from this team. So hopefully they can bounce back. If it happens two weeks in a row, then you're going to kind of get worried a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, Jason or Jameis Winston – he had five TDs, but he only had 148 yards passing. Like yeah. it wasn't anything special. Uh, Deontay Harris just so happened to get you know two two tech or two catches for 72 yards. So um, it's it it it's very uninspiring, and I don't think this game tells everything about what's about to happen. Yeah, I don't think it really. Uh, it's not a clear picture of what these two teams are now. Um, I will say that Alvin Kamara was Alvin Kamara, uh, 20, yes. 20 attempts, 83 yards, and he didn't score a rushing touchdown, but he did get the receiving touchdown. So that kind of saves his day outside of that, man. I mean, Jameis Winston, I mean, this is, this is how the offense is going to be. They're not going to be an explosive down the field passing team. They're going to be Jameis Winston is going to manage the game, try to be as efficient as possible. He was 14 for 20, uh, 148 yards, but he had five touchdowns. So, I mean, this is what the offense I feel like is going to look like. I'm not going to want any passing, any receiving weapons, except for Jawan Johnson. I'm I'm going to be recommending people pick him up and stash him because, I mean, I know he only had three receptions for 21 yards and two touchdowns, but he was a target in the red zone. And yeah. this is how the offense is going to be. I want the guys that are going to be scoring in the red zone. And to me, it looks like it's going to be Jawan Johnson. Uh you know, Alvin Kamara, and then a mix of Taysom Hill in there as well. So, uh, and Tony Jones Jr. looked pretty good as well. So, let's keep that in the back of our mind as well. Uh, Tony Jones looked pretty good. All right. Um, let's move on. Last game of the slate. Uh, the Cleveland Browns coming up just a little bit short against Kansas City Chiefs. 33 29 was the final score. Man, this game was, was one sided in the beginning, and then that third quarter happened. And it was all Kansas City from there, man. It was a tough, a tough thing to watch the Browns go through, but they played really well in the beginning of the game. Nick Chubb, 15 carries, 83 yards. Kareem Hunt, six carries, 33 yards. They both scored touchdowns. Chubb adding two of them. Jarvis Landry gets a, a, a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 321 yards. He didn't throw a passing touchdown, but we knew that. This team is a rushing team, so none of the receivers really did much of anything. So, I mean, Jarvis, five for 71, it's kind of something, but he was pretty inconsistent last year, so we'll see. Time will tell if this is an offense you want to invest in on the passing side. And then Kansas City, I mean, they were they were Kansas City, man. This offense runs through Mahomes, and it does not run through Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and the passing work goes through Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. And I think that that's pretty much sums it up. Like, this team is what they are. Like, they are what they are. So, yep. Say, uh, 
A different year, same team, um, fantasy wise. Yeah, and their defense is just as bad Tyree as it always has always Kelsey. been. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, the, they, that the Cleveland off. Browns uh, surprised me a little bit. Baker looked pretty good. You know, three hundred twenty-one passing yards. Um, you know, Cream Hunt is going to be a viable RB two for you. Uh, he's not going to get a whole lot of carries, but you know, he did get. You know, he did get some some goal line work and and some reception work for you. So I think he's gonna be a solid RB two for you all year. And Jarvis Landry's doing Jarvis Landry things, man. Five catches, seventy one yards. That line, uh, even when he was with the Miami Dolphins. So um kinda inspiring. Kinda see uh when Odell gets back, see how he gets in the mix and maybe he takes away a little bit of that uh Anthony Schwartz um going on, you know, some of those targets that, that happen. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but yeah, uh, that's that's all I got on that. Yeah. All right. So let's just do one champ each, and then we'll close out the show. All right. Sound good? Yep. Sounds good. All right, man. Give me your champ of the week. Who was the biggest performer in your eyes, the best value, the best player in fantasy this week? Who was it? hundred uh, percent, man. Debo Samuel. That dude came to play. That man was uh, a man among a man amongst boys For today. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 189 yards is is no small feat, man. He he came out to to play, and he definitely won somebody their week this week for sure. Absolutely. And then my champ of the week is Adam Thielen uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. 30.2 PPR points. The dude still has it. 10 targets, nine catches, 92 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, the dude was electric and picked up right where he left off last year. And I think it's gonna be more of the same. So. That's my champ of the week. Any closing thoughts, Justin, on this uh, on this week of games? I mean, we still got the Monday Night Football game tomorrow. We'll talk about that later in the week. Um, no, not much, man. We cover most of it. Uh, it's going to be some interesting, uh, maybe some interesting waiver wire pickups that we're going to cover here later on in the week. But uh, I'm excited to see the Monday Night game and see the end of this Sunday Night game and and you know wrap up Week One and kind of do a little bit, a little more digging. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, good week one. Some very good takeaways. Some things that you guys should should look at uh, out there, and you know, just kind of pay attention to. You know, week one doesn't tell you everything, but uh, it could tell you a lot more than than you know. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, guys, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you all for listening. Uh, go ahead and follow the show on all of our social ha- social media handles at uh, Pigskin Champs on Twitter at Pigskin Champs Pod. Justin, we're almost done with week one, man. It's it's so glad to have football back. Take it away, Drew. Man, it was amazing to have week one. It was it was a great time. I'm so glad football's back. Uh, we'll be here with you guys all season long. We appreciate y'all staying tuned. Uh, we got our I believe our wave wire show coming up soon. Y'all have a good one. Be easy. See you. <laughs>